Hello and welcome to wherever you may be a part of the 90 Minute Podcast Network. Over the next 20 minutes or so, we will be talking about all things Chelsea. Naturally, I'm Roy Jennings and I'm joined by the one, the only, the hurricane, Charlie Skillen. How are you, Charlie? Yeah, I'm not bad, mate. I'm not bad. Um, thankfully, I'm not waking up in a cold sweat thinking of our defence this morning. Uh, for a change, no, I kind um, of still am. I mean, I think it's, it's not, we're not out of the woods yet. No, of course not. Of course not. But it was uh, it was a far cry from the uh, Southampton game, wasn't it? So I'm uh, I'm not too bad. Good. Um, Southampton, Seville, two points uh, in each game. Well, you know, combined. <laughs> um, what do you? I mean, one feels a lot more satisfying than the other, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean. The best thing with last night is that I think you could see real progress um, in, in defence because, let's face it, coming off the back of that Palace win, that Southampton game was absolutely shocking in terms of defence. It was, you know, same old problems with Kepa, same old problems with, with organisation. And I thought last night against, uh, against Sevilla, I thought four out of the back five, with the exception of Kurt Zuma, all had outstanding games. I thought. I thought Mendy makes such a difference. That f- that save in the first half was a great save, and the whole team just seemed a bit more confident with him. Uh, Reese James, I thought, played very well. Everything was everything attacking wise was going through him. Um, Thiago Silva. It's like watching John Terry. The one touch passing just so assured and, and Chilwell. I won't say he's a revelation because everyone knows that he's a fantastic player, but. I think he's he's a better player than even I thought he was. Just seeing him in sort of fits and starts for Leicester, uh, he played really well again, and um, and yeah, I think if I think if those four can can play the majority of the games, I, I think we should see these old defensive problems banish somewhat. And I mean that Southampton game is just really showed our frailties, and hopefully. While, don't get me wrong, it wasn't the perfect performance against Sevilla by any means. It was against a very good side and it, and it showed us being just a little bit more professional and a little bit calmer. And it showed the kind of defensive performance we can put in. That was like a soliloquy, Charlie. Yeah, I, I know. Thanks. For about half an hour. I was going to say, thanks very much for listening to this podcast. And, uh... Yeah, he was, he was gone. Um, yeah. <laughs> Not quite the chat that we had in mind. I mean, this is, it's a monologue from the Skillen, which I'm up for because, you know, I thoroughly enjoy listening to that. Um, I, I will counter what you said on one point, though, which is I don't think, I don't think it's quite uh, this, this new uh, awakening that you're suggesting. I think it's more simple than that. It's not that Thiago Silva is John Terry incarnate. It's not that Chilwell is a revelation. Simply, we had a keeper. I mean, yeah, it's, it, the thing is, every time every time you sort of want to put your your faith in Kepper, he just does something like he did against Southampton. And it's uh, it's sad for him personally. It's sad for Chelsea as a club. It's sad for us as supporters. But really, I think, you know, he can't actually play again. Um, I know we no, said that so many won't, times. He? And... he won't. He won't play. For well, well he's, probably now, he's probably now fourth choice because uh, they've signed Petr Cech up to the... Um, up to the squad, haven't they? Yeah, what do you make of that, though? I mean, they're saying that it's because of COVID and, you know, <clears throat> you can only have a certain amount of people in your bubble and if keepers get injured, then, so you know, it's it's a good backup option to have. But 
it's all a little bit too convenient, isn't it? Like, we know that Chelsea's goalkeeper situation, with the exception of Mendy, um, at the time he was obviously injured. And, uh, you know, if he's going to be picking up injuries, then they know they just can't trust Kepa. Um, Cavalero, again, clearly isn't the, um, you know, the the answer long term. Um, so, yeah, I mean, look, it's exciting. I mean, it, it's it sort of worries me that we're relying on someone who, who was our keeper 15 years ago to do this job. But, you know, there's no man better for it than Petr Cech. It's only to do a job in a crisis, isn't it? It's not to do yeah. the job week, week in, week out. No, it's to do the job when no, everything else has gone wrong. And I think the way that you can look at it is mm. nobody's seen Petr Cech play football for a fair while, so he might no. be all right, whereas mm. we know for a fact that Kepa isn't. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, by all accounts, the thing that led to this is Kepa his check uh, joins in the goalkeeper training and he's been absolutely mustered apparently so uh, that's uh, that's kind of what what's brought this on and he's actually you know I remember Raw we were talking about how old he is last night he's actually younger than Willie Cavallero oh really yeah which he is which is then, didn't he I suppose it all went very yeah. wrong for him at Arsenal though that's the that's the yeah. problem yeah and I think if, for him it would have been a debate is does he does he sign off his career at an Arsenal or does he go down and down and down the leagues till he's 45, which he probably he probably didn't need to do or want to do. And I mean, let's not forget he had possibly the worst injury I've ever seen any footballer have, as well. Yes. Um, so kind of he doesn't need he doesn't need the aggro. But I think to if Chelsea need to call upon him to do a job, then then I think that's quite exciting. Yeah, um, I think it will be fun. If nothing yes. else, to watch Petr Cech run out of Stamford Bridge. It will mm. be it will be an amazing event, even if it doesn't go particularly well on the pitch. Kind of want it to happen. Yeah, yeah, no, no, definitely, no. I, I absolutely want it to happen. I mean, you got to think that you, you think they're probably chucking my cup game or something, wouldn't you? To, no. to keep his eye. Yeah, I, I know. I, I know we're out of. I know we're out of the league cup now. Yeah, but, we, uh, too, we progressed too far. I mean, yeah, I think so. Maybe second half if we're two 0 up in a cup game. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. Be entertaining. Get involved. Yeah. Um, so the Southampton game, I suppose you're going to have to do it. Yeah. On earth, it's, it's, it's hard to know exactly where you sit on that one because we were so good. We were electrifying going forward. Yeah. And so average at the back. Yeah. I mean, the, the team is so disjointed um, at the minute. And that, and that was a problem in the Sevilla game as well. Um, I thought Werner was absolutely brilliant in the Southampton game. It's exactly what I want to see from him. We've only seen it in flashes since he's joined Chelsea, but we have seen it when he's on the shoulder of the last man and he's just he's just so clever in his movement. He reminds me of Crespo. Um, but, yeah, we keep marking it up at the back. But I think the link there, one of the common themes in the two games is that Jorginho and Kante just have played really poorly in both those games. Um those two as a two-man midfield, for me, isn't working. They end up chasing shadows, giving away fouls. Jorginho uh, got booked so early last night and could have seen a second yellow. And they both played really poorly both games. Um, Southampton overran them. Sevilla overran them. And I think that is kind of one of the main problems with the team at the minute. And I don't think it's helping the defence at all. Um, so who no, will starting midfield be? Who do you think should be the pair? Or is it a pair or is it a three? Well, this is it. I think 
I almost think the formation's a little bit wrong because we're playing we're playing such an attacking formation. I mean, whether it's the formation or not, certainly the personnel is so attacking. If you say, for argument's sake, we're going to play Werner, Pulisic, Mount and Havertz, which is what started last night. I mean, that is... And added to that, Mount is not sort of dropping deep in a, in a number 10 role. He's he's out on the wing. Um, that really doesn't leave you with much. And I think Kovacic made such a big difference when he came on. So I'd, te- I'd be tempted to start Kovacic and Kante in those two roles. And I'd, I'd, I'd probably like to see probably like to see Mount a little bit deeper as well. If he's going to play, I have my worries that Mount and Havertz playing together doesn't particularly work. I don't know why they've loaned out both Ruben Loftus-Cheek and Ross Barkley. I, I feel like last night was, and the Southampton game, would, would have been the perfect games for someone like Ross Barkley to come on for 20 minutes and, you know, arrive late in the box, maybe nick a goal, um, give them something else to think about. So I think that's limited our options considerably. Um, but I, but I think well that... playing very well at Villa as well, isn't he? He is playing very well at Villa. And I, I just don't... I mean, my only conclusion when that deal happened, I was pleased, but only because I thought that means, all oh, right, well, we'll definitely get Declan Rice or we'll definitely sign someone else. And it didn't happen. So I, I, I'm kind of mystified as to why that was the case. Um, and I think, look, we know Jorginho's limitations in the Premier League um, in terms of chasing, in terms, you know, we know he can get overrun. Kante um, is still, I believe, one of Chelsea's very, very best players on form, but I don't think we've seen that form for quite a while. He suffered some quite bad injuries over the last 18 months. And um, he is playing quite poorly at the minute. So I think that that is not helping us at all because I don't think they're I don't think they're providing the shield that the defence needs. And I think it was it was kind of the most common theme over the two games were getting overrun in midfield. Yes, they're not quite obvious how we fix that though, is it? You know, in certain in times gone by, you say, well, you stick Matic in there, or yeah. You yeah. stick Makaleli in there, or you ask Sen to play slightly deeper, and then yeah. there's an easy fix. I don't yeah. think any of our team can naturally plug that hole. No, no. I mean, yeah, yeah. You, you, you're looking at you're looking at Kovacic to adapt his game slightly. I think, um, as I said, he made a real difference when he came on. So hopefully, he can stay fit. And I think you know he played so well in spells of last year, and I'd, I'd hope that he was going to do the same maybe move Havertz out wide and play Mount a little deeper to form a kind of three. I just think we're getting overrun for personnel and physicality in there. So we need to do something. But as you say, it's not quite that simple because we can't just draft a John Obi mckell in there. Yes, uh, which is a shame. Mm. Which is a real shame. You know, although is, if we, if we get impaired to check back, maybe we bring the whole band back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Or exactly. Exactly. I think, uh, I think Balak would be unreal in this team. <laughs> so, uh, Champions League, good point. Yeah. I, I saw a lot of moaning on Twitter. I mean, I've, I've yeah. I gen, generally mute most people, but <laughs> I, I had to do. I had to add another hundred to the list yesterday because, yeah. I mean, I can't understand how you can be playing against a club like Seville, who mm. knocked out Manchester United of their of their tournament last year, who knocked out uh, Wolves at the tournament last year, who went on to win the competition, beating Antonio Conte's Inter Milan. They're European royalty. They're excellent at what they do. 
They're a brilliant yeah. team. And we've yeah. kicked off our campaign with a point against them. I don't quite see the issue. No, no, me neither. I thought, um, firstly, watching football on telly the whole time is doing my head in. Um, obviously, we both would have been down the bridge last night. But listening to the commentators last night, I thought they were ridiculously um, patronising to a club of severe stature, talking about being happy, walking away with the bridge from a point, if they can get one and all that. And uh, I thought, wow, you know, I'd take a point and all here. Um, I think they they show themselves to be a very, very good side last night. Um, and we couldn't cope with them for, for most of the time, um, particularly midfield. They, they had by far uh, the lion's share of possession in the first half. Uh, we came out all guns blazing in the second half, but then sort of relinquished our grip on the game. And, and overall, I think if one team was going to be unhappier with that draw, it would have been severe. Um, but uh, but in saying that, it was it was it was a very good point for Chelsea, and I think I think as soon as the draw's made, you're looking at Chelsea and Sevilla to go through. Certainly, as a Chelsea fan, you're looking at Sevilla as your main rivals in terms of winning the group. So the fact that we've you know with the fact that we've got arguably one of our two hardest games, with the exception of playing them away, um, we've got one of our two hardest games out of the way relatively unscathed I, I, I think it's nothing but a good thing and I think that the increased defensive performance uh, there's a lot of positives to take and you know it's, this this kind of weird season of football where we've seen these 6-2s and 4-3s and 7-5s and whatever um, it was a, it, the sort of importance of a uh, of a tight performance at the back and, a, and a, a decent point with a 0-0 draw has been lost a little bit so uh, yeah I think it was a good point yeah, I, I agree. Also, you say it's one of our toughest games out of the way. I mean, there are only two tough games in this group, and that's the two that we're going to play against Seville. Because yeah. Wren shouldn't be in the competition. I think that's fair to say. They weren't in the. They weren't going to be in the competition. They're in it because mm. the French season ended, and it was a case of when the music stops, they found a chair. You know, they happened to be <laughs> in the right place when when the music mm. stopped. They they were never going to make it. They were never going to legitimately make the Champions League. Our hundreds of Ren-based listeners are going to be very unhappy with you for that. They may well be unhappy, but I think they'll have to concede that it's true. And they actually had a party when they found out that they didn't have to qualify for the tournament. The the club had a party, you know, blasting music out the Champions League anthem from the stadium. They were as shocked as anyone. And, uh, And we've nicked their goalkeeper. And we've nicked their keeper. So, you know, that's... That's the level that we're playing in this group. So you get a point against yeah. Seville in both games, hopefully. You know, you yeah. get a point, point in both games. And barring an absolute catastrophe, you go you're, through. you're through. Yeah, yeah, you're in the knockout stage. Yeah, and that's so, I, I think at this stage as well, with the, with the way things are going, I think just get through the group and, and, and don't worry about anything else for yeah. the moment. Yeah, I agree. I think that it's, uh, it's, it's all looking fairly good. Not quite as uh, good a result as Manchester United had, who are our next opponents. No. What does what does their brilliant win in Paris and our fairly decent win in London mean going into that fixture? Um, I'm nervous. I'm not going to lie. It's uh, they found a bit of form at just the wrong time for us. I think um, there seems to be a bit of a kind of batten down the hatches resilience under Solskjaer at the minute after a terrible start to the season. I think if this if this game was a couple of weeks ago, I'd be a little bit more confident. Um, 
basically we have we just got to really take that defensive solidity that we saw last night and and apply it at Old Trafford um, because Rashford people like that Martial they will punish us um, I want to see a slight change in formation I want to see more bodies in the centre midfield and then Werner players like Werner and Havertz if they're on form they're always capable of, of nicking something so I think I think a kind of slightly conservative outlook is, is going to be our best bet really so what's your prediction there? A draw? Are you aiming for a draw? I'll take a draw, I'm not going to lie. Really? Yeah, t- yeah, yeah, two all. You're being slightly unoptimistic, that word? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I suppose that semi-final was, was excellent, wasn't it? That was that was one of the best, um, it's probably the, the fav- my most favourite game I've watched post-lockdown, that semi-final against Man United. I'm, surpri- um, I'm really surprised that you didn't think that, look, don't get me wrong, there are some examples of Ole Gunnar Solskjaer getting it spot on tactically yeah. and last night as an example of it. Yeah. But there are dozens of examples of him getting it wrong. Law of averages yeah. suggests he doesn't get it right twice in a row. Yeah, but I mean that's, it's not just down to him is it? It's down to us and our frailties and our individual errors that we seem so fond of making. Um, don't get me wrong, uh, we obviously can win. If, if I think if both sides played to their best, I think we've probably got a better side than they have. Um, especially with the, with the new signings, you know, if they if they play like we know they can, that we've seen in flashes. I think we will win, but I just think at the minute it seems we're so inconsistent at the minute that I just think I'm, I would personally take a draw now. Nah, mate. I'm not <laughs> We need to win that fixture. To have any chance of achieving our aspirations this season, drop points to the likes of West Brom and Southampton, need to make yeah. them up against our rivals. We have no option but to really go for the win. Yeah, look, of course, and what, like, what a statement that would be. The, I mean, the, the way it's going at the minute, it's every every game seems to bring a kind of new mentality around the whole thing. Like Everyone was buzzing off that Palace game and came crashing down to earth against Southampton after the international break. So a win at Old Trafford, I think... You know, we, but and let's not forget. Obviously, we, we're not really looking at the table too closely at this stage of the season, but it could prove crucial because I think, I think more than any other club, Man United, and us, we, they're, they're kind of the, they're kind of the barometer for where we need to be slightly better than, aren't they? Yeah. Uh, what side do you think we play? Was the extra player? Um, no, I don't think so. No, I think. Pulisic looked badly unfit last night, but I think if I think with that under his belt and a, a bit of training, I think Pulisic can really be our talisman. And then I, I don't think he's going to drop mounts, and I think Havertz is going to play as well. So there's only so many there's only so many uh, pegs for the holes, as it were. Um, Zayic can be, of course, like a fantastic weapon for us off the bench. But I mean, when we were making our sort of Chelsea teams at the start of the season, we weren't quite sure how this was going to play out with so many attackers. So I think um, that's obviously going to become clearer throughout the season, but I'd be very surprised if Zayic was handed his first start at Old Trafford. Yeah, it'd be uh, very interesting. Lampard will be desperate for a win here, won't he? Yeah, of course. Look, it would, it would massively silence the doubters. I think they sort of they sort of crept in in the, in the media. And, you know, look... The, <laughs> 
the defensive record overall since Frank took over is not good, and that that's the kind of stat that's been bandied about. So I think a a big win here, I think, will really kind of swing the, the swing sort of opinion back in his favour. And obviously, I'm talking about opinion of football at large rather than sort of diehard Chelsea fans who we know are by and large totally behind him. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent, unequivocally. Yeah. Um, that's probably about all we have time for. Um, so thank you all so much for listening. Uh, if you could drop us a review, it would be very much appreciated. Please, Please subscribe do. if you haven't already. What are you chipping in for, mate? This is my bit. <laughs> Sorry, chip mate. in. Either, either, either chip in when you're asked a question. Otherwise, <laughs> sit tight, mate. I've got, I don't know where I got up to now. I was, that was my that was my crescendo. He's interrupted. I think <laughs> I was talking about subscribing. So if you could. Please disregard Charlie Skinner's disrespectful interruption and subscribe if you haven't already. Uh, we would love it. And we'll be back again next week to review the Manchester United game. Anything to add, Charlie? No, see you all then. <laughs> see you all then. <laughs> <laughs>